0: Pogs of Warcry Pogs of Warcry is a reimagining of the podcast Dogs of Warcry from the Mortal Realms focusing on Pogs a fast-paced smash-em-up game using collectible bottle caps you can expect discussions on gameplay rules, custom Pog making smack talk, ladders, and events in Season 1 Episode 1 of Pogs of Warcry we're going to be talking about playing Pogs with friends over Zoom collecting virtual Pogs and making your own pogs so they never flip face up, and much more. Welcome to the Pog Gang. All right, for real this time. In episode six, we are going to talk about social isolation in the eight points. Taking stock of our warband, our encampment, bandaging up our wounded. We hope you're all healthy and safe out there. Welcome to the warband. My name is Eric, and answering the call with me this week is Josh. How are you doing, man?
1: Excellent. Thank you very much.
0: And Paven, how are you doing?
2: Good.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it's on the positive side. Not as much energy as last week, but I think uh, that's, that's all right. Um, uh, we're, we all know the situation we're in. We're getting inundated with it. Uh, We're going to take this space here, this time, uh, this week, to just talk about uh, some silver linings. Some things uh, that we we can do uh, when we can't get out to game. We can't get out to play with our friends. So how are we going to make use of maybe a little more time here at home, which would typically be out gaming. Um, We're also not going to uh, pretend that we all have tons more time to do the hobby. But here's just some things. Uh, where you can make some a lemonade out of lemon, but we'll get to that victory condition a little bit later. Let's start pounding the hammer on the anvil in the forge of Mithraxis. Oh yeah, uh, Josh, what have you been working on the last couple of weeks?
1: You know, the last last couple of weeks have been busy for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we were getting ready for Depticon, and it's, it's part of that. I had uh, printed off some 3D terrain. Both for uh, Dust 1947 and for our Warcry event, and uh, so I spent the last couple of weeks finishing up, uh, you know, built built a couple of mountains and ammo crates and smoke counters and some other stuff for for Dust and got that all done. So that was a huge relief off my my shoulders this past weekend. And uh, I've got some some items for the Warcry event that we uh, were planning that I'll probably finish painting just to have that for the future. And uh, and. But I also finished up my swamp trees, and those are all set to go for a Warcry board or, or other boards. So I'm looking forward to creating some additional uh, sections to my Warcry board, which I can slot those swamp trees in. So, yeah, mainly, mainly terrain. So <laughs> it have been quite busy with that. So. Tying up loose
0: ends and uh, getting stuff off of your in-progress uh, board. Exactly. Paven, hey, what have you been up to uh, pounding on the forge?
2: Uh, a few things. First, I've made incremental proce- uh, progress on my eel riders, um, the Achillean uh, israhen guard, I think. Um, and I was able, I, I got, um, Josh delivered me a set of crystals that he 3D printed for me. Uh, thank you, Josh, because I wanted to replace those in, um, instead of using the flying stands, have them be like swimming past these crystals and using that as a support and I got one of those painted up. I'm really happy with how it looks. I was able. I got a I attempted to have a smooth um, gradient on the crystals to kind of give them the feel that they're an inner glow. And so I'm like kind of happy with the new basing direction I'm taking them. I've um, made a little bit more progress on the, the final two. Uh, haven't been able to circle back on it. I've also worked on my Vanguard clones as a part of the this very small. Force of uh, for the game conquest less argument of kings, uh, not a yeah. warfard game, but I've been slowly picking away at those guys. It's tough. I haven't quite figured out how to paint them it, so they look good. Um finally, um, this is very loose Forge of stuff, but I with the all the excitement coming out with the new Seraphon Battle Tome, I have trudged up to my attic and opened up some boxes and found my old Lidizerman army. I've been picking and piecing my way through that to come up with a war band to start a new project. So I have a thousand points all picked out and put together, it's using a lot of like new old stuff, but also kind of uh, I have a, a decent amount of like the well, still like 15 years old, but newer plastics as part of that range, like the um, Temple Guard, right. the Saris Guard now, um, and they they look really cool. I I plan to repaint everything that's painted that I have. It's just it's just too old and I don't like it um, since everything needs to be rebased on the rounds and to be like, kind of taken up to my normal standard. I'm thinking as far as narrative um, we talked, I talked last time a little bit about like, if you are a non chaos war band, what are you doing in the eight points? And my kind of my loose story for my, my uh Seraphon is that they are like the last few members of a, once a temple that was that existed in the all points and that was simply well, that was just destroyed during the realm of chaos and all the Slan were killed and kind of the whole place was ruined and desecrated. And there's only like kind of like a a handful or a few dozen Saris and Skake still left kind of just rolling around the eight points kind of looking for vengeance. And I thought they would be kind of specifically like. Um, predators and they try to prey on demons and all I'll foul chaos spawn and these kind of things. That's awesome. And I want to reflect that uh, in like by painting them all up um, kind of in the color scheme of demons of chaos. Um, so like bloodletters and zinch uh, horrors and plague bears. I'm um, like not necessarily corrupting the, the miniatures, but like having them have that color tie to the different, Uh, Chaos gods, I don't know if that means that they're becoming slowly tainted or that you have some kind of intrinsic relationship to the prey you hunt or what. But I thought that would be cool in a way to play around with a lot of different colors on Lizardmen because that's kind of how I like to to paint my Lizardmen. Is like every unit is a a different color palette. Uh, So I've done no real work towards that besides like getting out all my old toys. But that is I'm excited to like pick off that project when it when it comes up on the dock.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Nice. And and you got to yeah. share some pictures of the crystals in your eel writers.
2: Yeah, you can't, I think I had, you can't
1: See you. you've Got to share yeah, some pictures.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Josh, I'll send you some pictures specifically. Uh, um, I'll also probably send you a new file because I need one more crystal for the champion. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I posted it on the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. But I'll definitely share it. Share it with you guys. Awesome! Fantastic. <laughs> cool. Are you going to?
0: um, strip the lizard men or are you going to just paint over? I'm going to just
2: paint over. Cool. Cool. I haven't found a good strip that really works that well. Um, maybe I need to just, I have, I have a bottle of something I soaked them in. That's like extremely toxic, but it doesn't actually like strip well enough. Okay. And I find that you can, as long as you didn't like glob it on, uh, you can usually paint over fine.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Cool. Just checking in and see, there's definitely times where I've done both and, uh, Uh, I I feel like when I strip, it's more just to like cleanse myself mentally of what was there. So yeah, I, yeah, Uh, that doesn't, not to say that I don't drink it. Uh, no, I I don't drink it to, to flush out the mental anything, but just saying, yeah, sometimes I just feel like I need a good strip. (laughs) I'm glad we're not on video chat. All right. right. Yeah. Just cut, cut all that out. (laughs) (laughs) That's not useful. All right, uh, well, nice job, Paven. I look forward to seeing that next project. Um, uh-huh. Myself, um, I was, I'm also into kind of getting a lot of little things done. Focused on a bunch of warbands and underworld stuff. I got uh, the bright flares painted up. I got more than a thousand points of those finished off, based, uh, uh, trimmed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, most of the detail on them. There's some things that I haven't detailed, um, but they're good enough for me. Um, I painted up Underworld uh, uh, Underworlds Warband. That one I took to a bit of a higher standard. Uh, it's been a while since I've painted some green skins with the noblars, and so I have a, a recipe that I really enjoy. Um, and so it was fun kind of doing that on those, uh, and all the different textures on on Hrothgorn himself. Um, and that and that saber tusk is a fantastic sculpt. So that was a lot of yeah. fun. But- Use both of those or all of those in. Um, in Warcry, I feel like it'd be a fantastic having the hunter and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I suppose you could play him as a um, lead belcher or something like that. Um, then uh, I finished up a few, speaking of, of ogres, uh, finished up the ogre portion of my war, next ogre Warcry warband. Uh, uh, and these are kind of the pirate ogres. Um, a lot of, of body tattoos and stuff, but I finished all those detailed, the leather, the, all that kind of good stuff. Um, nice. paint chips on there, on their can- hand cannons, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then my next project is looking at, uh, one of my gun haulers for my ogre, um, KO. Uh, and, and I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, pre- the gyrocopter comes with extra dwarf heads like with the like aviator caps and i put those on like um grot bodies mm-hmm. like the the gits that are in the like cockpits of the the orc planes and so they kind of turned out to be gnomes i think i think <laughs> i've inv- i think i've put gnomes into into aos somehow um nice. so uh uh, they're, they're, I'm calling them gnome blars. Uh, so, uh, it's, uh, interesting. Uh, but that's gonna be my next one. Cause I need to paint a big model for the, the local store kind of, uh, contest. So I've got, I've got two of those ready to paint up. So, um, I think I'm going to be working on those next. Um, and that's everything that I've got, uh, um, worked out in the forge.
1: Nice work. So, oh
0: yeah. Hey. That's a, that's a lot of work leading up to this last week. Um, yeah. uh, so hopefully we can, uh, figure out what we can get done. We'll talk about that more path to glory also is something to kind of look back at and what we've been able to get in. Um, I'll kick it off here. We just had, um, kind of our last Thursday night league night before you know getting into the social isolation and uh was able to play two games I played one game against uh Ben's um uh necromancer army uh and all, all my army knows or all heck of a knows is somebody called Mcface you know, whatever that means. Um, but he never saw, they never saw the necromancer. He always stuck to the shadows. Um, but, uh, was able to keep them from getting a ritual off because, uh, Ben had a terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible luck with his roles. He rolled three ones and a two, uh, and you have to get to 13, uh, over four battle rounds. So there was, there was barely a purple flicker, uh, in the, in the ritual site. Um, but he had a lot of fun. We both had a lot of fun playing the two armies, the, the far shooting against the the, the horde shambling. So that was cool. Then the bright flares fought against, uh, the cult of the doom scale dogma, uh, man, those witch elves and, uh, sisters of slaughter are mean when the, the hag, uh, starts buffing them up. So I knew what I had to do. We had, uh, the objective where we both had to kill each other's dagger I had um a Tar Swift Star the Hunter. I had uh Tharboy the Griffhound and I had Eldine Surebolt, the Hurricane Crossbow, uh in my dagger. So it was like the the B the B second string um uh, storm cast were in there. Um and he had the his leader, he had the Hag Queen and he had three uh, you know, um light models, the sisters and the um Witch elf. So instead of going for the witch elves first, I went for the leader first. And between Tharboy and Farias with his uh, long strike, they took her down in a couple of activations, which was nice. Um, the hag also went down eventually, but uh, it came down to whether or not I could get my my models in position enough. But I no, actually I didn't kill the hag. The hag was almost down to last wounds. There was one sister of slaughter down to like last wounds and it would have taken me two activations to kill them. But he had, uh, had a chance to kill my last, um, model in my dagger. And it was just a matter of whether or not he could do enough wounds to do that. Um, and it came down, he had a special ability, which is, I think turned to crystal, um, or crystallize. And so he had two dice to roll and uh, if he rolls a six, it does six damage. And if he rolls uh, like a four up, it does uh, one damage. So he had to roll a six on one dice and a four better on the other dice to do seven damage. And he rolled just that. Uh, so did seven damage with that ability and, and killed my my dagger and took the game. So it was a pretty epic, epic end. And uh, Taurus Swiftstar turned to crystal. Um, we managed to break him out a little bit later. Um, but uh, he's got some recovering to do. Um and then I got uh I got a game with my my 7 year old he uh, played a Shudna and the Dogs of War Cry versus uh, the Bright Flares the first time they've uh, they met up against each other uh this was four quarters I believe and uh or no quarter and um so there's four objectives and you score a point for each objective you hold at the end of the battle round and I, I played a little loose, put my, uh, aether wing out there to get killed. So we had some good, uh, you know, momentum, uh, but he ended up crushing me nine to one and now he thinks he's the best at war cry and that the do- <laughs> that the untamed beasts are the strongest war in all of war cry. So I've got to work on his ego a little bit, but now I've got to- a yeah. Eric,
2: uh, Eric, we need to get him on the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let us see what his tactics are. There were a few things where I was really impressed where like, um, you know, coming down to choosing where your wild dice was going, you know, I think it's easy to want to add it to, you know, an ability to make it bigger. But he was really keen to get first turn. Uh, so he made some really interesting decisions that I thought were way better, like stronger than I thought a seven year old could make. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's, he's got some strategy in mind, uh, but in the end he smashed me. Uh, we had a lot of fun and now I have a, at least now I have at least one, uh, war cry partner in the house, uh, so maybe I can keep getting some league games in. Definitely. Um, but that's that's what I got. Um, uh, Josh, how about you? How were your games uh, the last couple of weeks?
1: And they've been good. Uh, a, bit, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, helped some people complete or denied their convergences, but um, but it had had a lot of really close games. And uh, last week's at the league night. Uh, my Ko Warband, Schmidties Acquisition and Recovery Corps had their final convergence. We had searched for this experimental relic, and it was being guarded by you know, the Cult of the doom Scale Dogma. Those witch elves just would not let us have it. So, but
0: they're, they're the, the worst.
1: worst apparently they were quite upset because my shooting was on par, man. I was taking out two witch every round. So, so, bam, 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 bam. so they had a great game and uh, only lost a couple models and they came back without any injuries and easily got my, uh, my final convergence. It was quite impressive. So they ended up on a high note. It's been a, been interesting playing them and having a, a slow, but, but shooty war band with, with lower numbers that I'm used to. So it's, definitely been uh fun to try them out but i'm kind of looking forward to going back to a chaos war band so i can include some of those interesting allies and monsters again so i'll have to think about that
0: yeah 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 very cool now paven you've been working on uh some uh extracurricular projects outside the hobby have you uh, gotten any games in
2: uh no games no games
0: well, that's all right. We wish you the best in all the super top secret things you're working on. Exactly. It's, you don't yeah. work for the government. You're not a super spy on it. Things like that. It's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, all right. Let's move over to the circle of paint. Um, and let's see where, where we're at with that. Um, and uh, this is maybe one of the first points we're getting to some silver linings with this, uh, <laughs> this stay at home time. Josh, why don't you lead us off this time?
1: Definitely. So I've been making uh, quite a bit of progress on my, my Hollow Pandemonium. I got uh, some pillars primed and uh, completed three of them today with some, uh, a paint scheme that I think is going to work really well. So now next I've got to, to prime the rest of the pillars and the boards and start getting those painted up. So i still got quite a few of those to go, but I'm really happy I've got a paint scheme, at least for the pillars, I think will work get it all together and then add some details and see how it works out. So I'm excited about it.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, and it's been cool seeing the pictures coming together. You are putting a lot of uh, time into those details. And, um, I think that's going to pay off in the long run. Um, Pave end, how has your circle of paint working on a war cry board, uh, have, have you been rejuvenated? Have you, have you gained some energy or, or, or motivation or momentum, uh, to, to, you and I both to get back in this uh, in this game in this ring to
2: get so in the it. Short, the short answer is no. The longer oh. answer is maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the even longer answer is that I have made a purchase towards what I think my my submission board is going to be. All I right. am going to uh, improve and enhance the uh, the set of like. Goblin and gloomspite terrain. I've slowly collected uh, over the last since Warcry launched. I, I i purchased or I put in a special order for the Lord of the Rings Goblin Town set um, nice. with uh, from my local local Warhammer store. I because it's just it's all platforms. It's all dirty goblin platforms with skulls strewn about. And I think platforms are super fun for Warcry. So I'm hoping I don't quite the sprues don't really match up with the picture on the website as far as i tell so i don't really know what i'm working with or how much i get but i do like the idea of being able to have a, a, a such a dense board that you don't need to use the the floor level right uh, mm-hmm. but i haven't it's still i mean I imagine that my order came through but i haven't picked it up yet so that's kind of <laughs> the, the most like i bought something i uh, gotcha but gotcha. It be quick and if i can figure out how I want to like set up the whole board. I think it should happen quick since, you know, most of this work I've already done in painting. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. I don't know I, if, if I can get there, I'll have something I'm, I'm comfortable submitting for the challenge. Um, hopefully I can take it up a notch after that. But um, so that's, that's where I'm at. Very cool. Very cool. All
0: right. Um, I have gotten some motivation uh, being uh, kind of, uh, back in the house and uh, um, I spent a little bit of time kind of cleaning stuff up. And so I did take out my, um, my box of things, my shantytown bits and pieces and uh, uh, got them out, started setting them up, kind of refamiliarizing myself with the pieces that I have. And then I, um, because this is meant to be the Shantytown's is meant to be built up against the wall of uh, the, one of the keeps, one of the cities of Sigmar, maybe it's hammer hall. Um, I wanted there to be a castle wall as, as the backdrop or as, you know, one side of this. Uh, I'm not looking to build like a 360 degree approachable, you know, like a tower of shanty. So it's meant to be kind of leaned up against this, uh, castle wall. Um, so I had some kind of, uh, compressed paper packaging, uh, like you might see when you order certain electronics or certain like bottles or glassware or something like that. um, and so I had some that felt like they kind of looked like walls, um, castle walls, uh, oddly enough. Uh, so I've kind of built those up, glued those together, kind of built up a structure to keep them upright. I haven't painted anything yet or or customized them yet. But um, it's, it's kind of given me a good feeling, kind of it's accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. You know, it's one of those things where when you can kind of finally see the vision coming together. Oh, yeah. Um, that was definitely one of those steps of like, okay, yeah, I think if all else fails, I can just glue it all to this or I can, you know, lean it up against this or whatever. Um, so, I, this is a, pe- a thing that has a lot of st- structural uh, problems that I have to solve uh, because it's not meant to look like it all fits together and has, you know, four square walls everywhere and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's starting to come together. So, I've got the stuff out. I've made some progress on the backdrop. Uh, now to get to gluing and, and, uh, um, setting things up so that they're, uh, yeah, that they're coming together and, and, and getting put together. So it's, awesome. it's starting. Um, and good thing we've got like 12 more weeks now, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we're going to keep our deadline. Uh, this is episode six. We got two more episodes. Uh, I've got, uh, just, uh, like a month. Four weeks. Uh,
1: yeah a lot of painting <laughs> yep. for me to do. Too. Um,
0: yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to see how it goes. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, we did not have, uh, a paint session, uh, at least not in person like we were planning on. Obviously, uh, we're hoping to get some hobby hangout and maybe, uh, uh, we'll be able to, to record and, and, uh, chit chat, um, you know, while we're, we're doing some hobby down the road. So, um, maybe we'll invite you along. Um, All right. Um awesome. let's move to the vision of madness. Uh the first thing on here I wanted to quick make um an announcement about Adepticon. Um there's still maybe people who don't know. Adepticon has been canceled in light of uh the the pandemic. Um and because of that, uh also our Gibbering Dome Warcry narrative event uh is canceled along with that. Um we were really looking forward to meeting a lot of you, um, coming from all over the U S coming from outside the U S, uh, South America, the UK, uh, many other places. Um, so we're very disappointed that that couldn't happen. And we hope that uh, 2021 is a year where we can definitely do that. And hopefully, hopefully we're still doing this. You're still listening, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we, we, we believe there'll be an opportunity in the future and we're excited for that. Um, Uh, If you just for clarity, uh, the dogs, the dogs of Warcry or the Mortal Realms, we didn't receive any funds from registration. Uh, That's not how Adepticon works. Uh, There was some offer of prize support, which we of medals, which we didn't do. So if you are uh, in communication or trying to get a refund or any of those things, I don't know what Adepticon's policy is right at the moment. Uh, Go to the Adepticon website, find out that information, contact the Adepticon staff directly. Um, I'm sure they're extremely busy uh, and as are you with all the changes. So um, in all of our life right now, your patience is appreciated. Uh, But just know that we were really looking forward to meeting you, playing games with you. Um and uh we know that we'll have that chance in the future. Uh so uh yeah. So so we'll, time we'll will
1: come.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll commiserate together though.
1: Exactly.
0: Um but what else? Um what else uh yeah, yeah what else uh what else did we get in the Visions of Madness?
2: Well we don't I wanna we don't I don't think we have anything, but I do want to this will be our last podcast before we get Probably lots of reveals about Warcry and other games at the uh, rescheduled uh, Games Workshop studio presentations. So I was yes. wondering if, like, could we, uh, you know, speculate wildly? Ooh. Not what visions
0: idea. are you guys having about what we will receive in a few weeks? Um, Paven, do you want to go first?
2: I I think well the obvious. Uh, thing hanging out there is the signs of the flame. Mm-hmm. I think it would be strong if I was gonna like give everything odds. I think signs on the flame are, uh, you know, a three to four favorite. Um, if that's correct, how do you do odds? I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> um, but very high chance. I think those are cool. I think we'll get a new book teased. Whatever the next Warcry supplement is, I think sure. that will come out. That or oh, that will be revealed or shown or teased. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm, Josh, what I, are you thinking? I think there's going to be some 40k stuff,
1: obviously. For Warcry-wise, uh, I think you've probably hit it on the head, Pavin. I mean, we still need some Cities of Sigmar stuff. Obviously, for AOS, we'll probably get some Lumineth reveals. Maybe they'll come out with some Warcry cards at the same time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that would be kind of cool.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm on board uh, with... Um, uh, with the, it can maybe a new book reveal. I wonder if we're going to get a new starter set. Yes. Um, I always feel like there's room or there, there's a good play for the, the starter sets, um, which would include, I think the signs of the flame and possibly, um, the Spire tyrants, uh, even though they've been revealed. Um, I think that that'd be a place to look. Um, I do. I like both of the other predictions of the spire Tyre, or the signs of the flame being revealed, and potentially the Lumineth having uh, a warband kind of sorted out that way. Um, I'm gonna say we might get a witch elf uh, warband box.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Like a daughter's of cane witch elf uh, box for Warcry, and I think we might get one other one. Uh, so I think I think they might continue down the line of, of repackaging some of these, and um, I, I know that the, the Witch Elves when we did our second muster guide, that that one just seems like an obvious um, thing to put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. I All can't right. Can't wait to see. Definitely.
0: Um, one more thing uh, just came out today. Uh, the Warhammer community team, or as of recording, the Warhammer community team is now on Twitter. Um, so they've been on, uh, Facebook for a long time and I believe on Instagram. Um, but now they are on Twitter, uh, making jokes and having fun. So, uh, it's Warcom team, uh, for at Twitter. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's all of our visions of madness. Why don't we take a break and we come back? We're going to, uh, we're going to knock out that victory condition.
1: Dive in.
0: All right. Be right back. The victory condition is coming up, but before we recorded our thoughts here on the podcast, we discussed them on our discord channel an inclusive, creative place to share your own path to glory and a circle of paint. Come join us for conversations before they become topics on the podcast at themortalrealmscom realms.com forward slash discord. Time to get back onward to victory. Welcome back. Our victory condition this episode is to discuss the opportunities for hobbying that come from our current circumstances. We're following our local recommended warnings and guidelines and are practicing social isolation here in Madison, Wisconsin. We hope you and your families are safe and healthy. A lot of things are going to get uh, reprioritized. Um, and, you know, that's just something we've got to deal with. For many of us, hobby is a great part of keeping our mental and emotional energies high, balancing work, balancing family, having that creative space. Uh, and and now is a, is it's important as any other time. Uh, and whether you have more time than you ever have or if you've got more kids and people at home than you ever have and uh, need to make room for the hobby, we're trying to figure it out right there with you. Our goal for this episode is to talk about uh, the things uh, – we have a pretty healthy uh, gaming uh, community here since the start of Warcry with our league nights, uh, both in Warcry and Warhammer Underworlds. And we can't do that right now. So we've got to turn inward. We've got to turn uh, into our, the spaces that we, we are uh, kind of stuck in for a bit. What else can we be doing uh, in our hobby to keep our energy up, keep our uh, creativity um, high? So, We've got a couple of categories here. We're going to talk a, um, a little bit about. The first place we want to start is the space you get to hobby in. Uh, Paven, Josh, um, you both have some spaces you prefer hobby in. Josh, what is your hobby space like? What, where do you get to 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 do your hobby and do this game?
1: Uh, it's it's quite messy. Uh, I have a few places I do some hobby space depending on what projects I'm working on. So I have. Um, Fortunately, my stepson and I, we do our painting at the dining room table so that we can kind of be around the family while they're doing other things. Um, if there's heavy terrain building, sometimes I'll bring up a, a mat and do some cutting and stuff on the dining room table, but otherwise also have a couple tables set up in the basement where I can do some more, uh, I guess rigorous Um, terrain building and I have a lot more supplies and and paints down there depending on the projects I'm working on and so sometimes I'll kind of swap things upstairs or downstairs depending on where the family's at and what projects I'm working on like for airbrushing I would do that in the basement but if I'm just painting or if I'm doing some
2: minor terrain building I'll do it upstairs so I can be around everybody else
1: nice that's
0: cool I like Go ahead. Payment.
2: Oh, yeah. Quick question, Josh. Um, did, when you're on the dining room table, does it stay out on the dining room table or does it get like pa- unpacked and then repacked up?
1: at the Yeah, no. know. Uh, we, we do have these little, you know, like the, the TV dinner trays that we use for making it mobile. However, uh, about a year and a half ago, we remodeled our kitchen and we have a nice island there that we tend to eat at. So Ben and I have kind of acquired the table, the dining room table for most of our hobby and leave it there most of the time unless we have guests coming over.
0: Very nice. That's, uh, that's very gracious of your, uh, partner to, to allow that. Definitely. Very cool. Uh,
2: Pavin, what's your hobby space, your environment like at home? Um, I, so I, the reason I asked uh, Josh that question, because I currently, uh, do the packing and unpacking. Like I described, I have a Um, a cabinet in the on the on the on the main level that where all my hobby stuff is. And then whenever I want to do something, I unpack it all and then get it all out and ready. And then I do my hobby and then I repack it and put it away. Gotcha. Um, This was a this was a negotiated position, but um, I really like it. It makes me it makes it so much more intentional about the hobby. Like, oh, like I'm getting my stuff out. I'm going to hobby for X amount of time. Um, And then like when I'm done, like, oh, I'm like, I'm done for the evening. So if I want to stop, I, I stop and I do all my cleaning and clean my brushes and stuff. And that right. um, before when I had like a like a desk in the basement, you'd be like, oh, I'd come sit down like one minute and then get distracted and walk away or be like, oh, like the hobby's always there. I can always go back to it. I actually get way more done this way. Cool. So that's my kind of silver lining about it. It's like um, just the the force, <laughs> forcing myself to clean up after myself uh, for once. Um <laughs> makes it makes my hobby so much more intentional i think that's good for as far as my productivity right nice nice How about you eric um,
0: yeah so i have a dedicated hobby space in kind of the utility room of our house uh it is mostly finished and it's got a ton of like storage cabinetry and that sort of stuff which um when we moved in had like it was like for somebody's wardrobe so it had like a lot of hanger space and a lot of like jewelry drawers and like what in the world? Um, turns out jewelry drawers are really good for storing paints uh, and be able to pull that out and see all your paints. Um, uh, but uh, I also try and keep things kind of put away, and I do have uh, kind of uh, I just took one of like the built-in uh, cabinets and moved it into another room. So now I'm able to kind of, it was kind of like a bar height and now it's more of a desk height. So it's a little more usable and I've got a little bit more space to put up a table for uh, playing games on, which I didn't have before. So I've got a little bit more space in my hobby room for playing some games. Um, And what I'm trying to do is um, only keep out on the table what I'm working on. So like I have a paint rack uh, that's out but I only use it to put the paints on it that I'm using right now. And then when I'm done with like whatever I'm working on and I put those models away, I put those paints away. Um, and so it kind of helps me yeah, not like spread out everywhere and just keep adding paints, paint pots after paint pots after paint pots. <laughs> uh, uh, cause it can get cluttered. It can get hard oh, to yeah. focus. Um, uh, but it was, uh, you know, one of the first things I did cause um, I needed to move my, home office into the space too. like not working at the at my office right now so I needed a place for my computer and I did not have that uh, previously Uh, so some of it was just kind of taking everything and putting it away first Um, and so that takes us to maybe like the next topic of what you can be doing here at at, when you're you know stuck at home uh, in your hobby space I love the idea of, of you guys having kind of a tray or a box or something like your, your hobby thing, because that means everything that's not being worked on probably has to get stored away somewhere. Is that accurate? No, no, <laughs> you, you have someplace that's a mess and then yes. The <laughs> Pavin, do you put stuff away uh, that you're not working on?
2: Yeah. Um, the, the number of, I have to fight for every cabinet I use, uh, four minutes. So yeah, yeah it, I'm very intentional about what gets well. Definitely everything has to be put away, but also like how it's packed and stored is something I, I, I think about. Yeah, uh, but it I like I it resonated with me when you talked about like only keeping the paints out that you are using. My dream is to be able to I don't know if this is a dream, but like I I would love to just be able to take out a project and it be compartmentalized and I have everything I'm wanting to use for that project. Yeah. Um, and like have all the paints kind of set up and I can move quickly and like get a lot of things done because I'm not like hunting around for what this paint is. Yeah. It doesn't do- work with what I'm doing currently because a lot of it is like kind of experimental. Like I don't know what colors I need yet. Um, right. So I do need like to have everything out. But yeah. um, once I'm like working on more um, kind of route stuff where I'm like, oh, I, I just need to get through this regiment. Um, yeah. Then I can hopefully like just have those things out and nothing else.
0: Yeah, Well, kind of one of the things I've done, so I think we're moving into a little bit of how you can organize your projects or organize your space. Um, I do have a number of like, I want to convert these things down the road or like things that I'm not working on yet uh, that rather than just kind of being in a bits box or being, you know, somewhat here and somewhat there. Cause I've, sometimes you collect different things. Um, I do use some of like the plastic um, Tupperware, um, you know, Ziploc type things, the sealable, uh, tubs. And it's nice to be able to put a project in there, you know, uh, the bits for things and seal it up and then put it away and know that it's all together. Like you don't have to go looking for it the next time. Like you're feeling like, Hey, I just want to look and see if I'm interested. Um, so that can be, uh, an interesting or a fun way to kind of organize project based stuff. And that stuff scales. Like you can get big enough bins, uh, to put, you know, 10 guys, 20 guys, um, models or something in there. Um, so if you're interested in doing something like that,
2: I'll, I'll go over the top of you and say like, also like, if there's a project you have that is out and you don't think you're going to get to it in the next, let's say month, I would store it somewhere outside of site. Um, well that it's mostly for me, but I think you, you pay a mental cost for being able to visualize an unfinished task And, um, I'd rather like minimize that cost and it's like more satisfying to get everything off your plate that is on deck, um, than to kind of feel like you're on this never ending hobby treadmill. So something (laughs) I want to do is kind of like in my, in my little cabinet, I have a section of like kind of to do projects. And I think that needs a good purge. Cause I think there's something in there that I've stuff in there that I've kind of started working on that I'm like, Not, not jamming on and I don't think I'll get back to for a while. Yeah. I'll just throw that away.
0: Well, one of the things Paven, having uh, visited your house and, um, you know, played some games, the you, uh, have, you know, where Josh has negotiated hobby, uh, working space in the kind of in the main areas of the home. Uh, you have a display case with some of your finished miniatures in your dining room. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, again, for your your partner to to let you have those out. Um, yeah. But but it's also a great inspiration to have your painted models out invisible and see what you've accomplished.
2: Yeah. Sometimes when the you know the day is long and uh, you know the sky is dark, I just kind of <laughs> step away from my family and just look at my miniatures.
1: <laughs> As do we all. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't
0: have, I don't have an outward like glass display, but I have in one of the cabinets, I have a couple of shelves where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like, I can just see my armies uh, and they're pretty crammed together. Like they're this, you know, the death Army's right next to the order army and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but it's kind of, it's nice being able to open the cabinet, take a look and see what's there. And I try not to keep any partially painted stuff there. Um, I've got like my cog Ford army out in hopes that someday I'll pick that back up. But, um, but it's nice to kind of see what you've accomplished and see if you want to add to something or, you know, take something to a higher level. It's kind of yeah. nice to, it, in, in the same sense of having stuff put away, it, it definitely feels more organized to have like a home for things.
2: Yeah, it's also great. You have people over and they're like, "Oh, what's that cool stuff?" And you're like, <laughs> like "Yeah, don't get me started." <laughs> yeah, you, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give
0: you a chance to back out now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "Take a how,
0: how much do you want to know? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, yeah. The organizing space is definitely something I'm still uh, trying to figure out and work out myself. So,
0: yeah, I mean it's it's tough because uh, you know uh, I I'm fortunate that some once in a while I have like a a home remodeling project and that's in air quotes cause I do a terrible job about it. Uh, but every once in a while you get, um, get to buy a new tool that can also help you in your hobby. Um, and you know, like putting that stuff away and having stuff to like, where do you store it? Do you store it in the garage with your, your, uh, repair stuff or do you, do you store it in your hobby room? Cause really that's what, what it belongs to. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of things that are hard to organize and we don't always have the cabinet space for it. We don't have, um, have that sort of thing. I think, uh, I do think bins and, and that sort of stuff are great for keeping things from getting wet. Um, I'll often use, uh, the, one of the things I like to organize for, and uh, you know, unfortunately this is for kind of being ready to play and go out and game. Uh, but I'll also use kind of a lot of those Sterilite storage tubs to like organize uh, my, my ready to play stuff. Um, so I'll put all my army and my cards and stuff in one of those. Um, and so that I can just pull out that, that bin and take that to the store or whatever. Um, but that's also been really helpful. I use that for, you know, if, if my son has painted some models and so when he wants to play with his stuff, he goes and gets that bin and pulls it out rather than, you know, fidgeting through all of my other stuff. Like he just knows where that is. Um, So, you know, just having the stuff that you want to play with in your home, like ready to go, um, the, you know, plastic bins are really great for storing that too. Um, anything else in terms of, uh, um, how you, um, organize, I, I, or kind of how you keep your space or, uh, you know, tips on helping people find, um, kind of, kind of a place in their home to do their hobby.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things, uh, just it's kind of tangibly related, but I think one of the things you struggle with is, okay, how do you spend time with people while doing your hobby? And I found the TV trays or sometimes the people do TV stands, you know, where they'll sit in front of the TV and do stuff along with their spouse or their kids. So, yeah. you know, I, I just encourage people to find a, a good way to, to be able to do both because, you know, you, one doesn't have to exclude the other and, you know, unless you want it to or unless you're, spouse or children have other things they want to do, but, but yeah, there are definitely ways to, to combine the elements if, you know, and make it work. So,
0: yeah. Now when I, um, you know, last week when I started moving stuff home and kind of preparing for kind of home office, getting stuff cleared out and put away was a great opportunity to, uh, clean. Uh, and I don't mean just put away, but also in this time, sterilize things kind of, uh, you know, scrub things down, uh, use the, the magic eraser on, you know, anywhere paint has gotten on things and, uh, you need to just kind of clean it, start fresh. Um, and I, and certainly there's, um, good health practices there. I've had a couple of like basement, um, hobby spaces where I, I know in one, one of the, like the first, um, uh, places I rented, um, here in Madison, there were some mold issues, um, And so it wasn't until we kind of like, we had gotten kitties and they were like coughing or sneezing or something. We're like, what's going on? Uh, And I was feeling a little ill. So kind of cleaning up and moving stuff around and uh, doing that stuff can help you kind of make sure that your hobby environment is clean. And uh, you know, obviously right now we're, we care about uh, germs and, and, uh, and that sort of stuff. Uh, So getting a chance to deep clean stuff every once in a while is a great way of forcing yourself to put things away, but also, you know, keeping your, the space that you're, you know, eating food and, uh, you know, drinking on and all that kind of stuff, kind of just clean it up and, and, and make, sanitize it.
2: We, uh, I want to jump back to something Josh said, which is about sharing hobby time and having ways to include family time in hobby time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think is something super important and uh, you know, and it can, you can get my, you might get more or less traction out of it, but right. I did. It's something I do think about. And I think in front of the TV is definitely good. I remember after Reza was born, uh, my youngest uh, me and my wife watched a lot of great British baking show. Cause it was so low stakes. It felt like just a, good, <laughs> uh, a, good, a, a nice a chill thing to watch while we were like, you know, sleeping in two hour increments. Right. <laughs> um, but I also worked on my Maw Crusher and uh, doing that. And I got to do that like uh, in the vicinity of my wife. And it felt like we were together and I still got to make hobby progress. And um, and uh, uh, so that was great. And, it, and actually completing that Maw Crusher was something I never thought I would be able to do after our second baby. Um, so that was dope. Uh, also, something we've tried as a couple is. Um, and I don't know if this will work for anybody else, but we've, we've really enjoyed me painting and she would read a book aloud to me. So it'd be like, we're both oh. reading the book. Um, that's cool. so yeah, very cute. Uh, maybe it's, it's worth a shot if that's interesting to anybody, but that's, that's one thing we've tried. Does she work for audible? Just no. kidding.
0: <laughs> um, no, I think that's great. And I mean, I think the, the idea of space of who you let into the space, um, yeah, I mean like getting to play some games, uh, with my son and, you know, the kids have been here a little bit more, I try and make some space for them to, to be able to come into the hobby room, uh, and, and, you know, paint some things. So I like that idea of, again, kind of making, making your hobby a little more familiar to your family. It's pretty cool. One of the things, uh, that could be important right now, uh, to, as you're kind of getting situated back home, you're trying to figure out what do I, what do I have? Where am I at? Um, how's it going to work with other people? Um, is taking stock of your model collection, uh, what you have painted, what you have unpainted, what boxes, what kits you have. Um, have you guys, uh, taken stock of, of maybe your backlog or your, um, you know, Paven, you were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, going up and looking at an old army and saying, hey, I think I could bring this back to life. Um, What was the last time you guys, uh, you know, did some of that or taken stock of your whole collection? Paven, did you go beyond the lizards? Do you have a lot of other unopened boxes?
2: Um, Oh, I know that for a fact that you don't. Well, I well, so here's what I did when I you know, I wasn't always as disciplined as I am now. And um, in order to get to a point where I was painting everything, um, I pretended like my backlog didn't exist. So I true I have tons and tons of miniatures in my attic from before. Um, But like, you know, some point three, two and a half, three years ago, I was like, all right, let's just pretend none of that backlog exists. I'm just going to paint everything I buy from here on out. And that's what I've done. So I certainly have uh many boxes of, of various uh Warhammer and forty K and war machine armies that are in various states of being painted.
0: All right. All right.
2: But I Josh mostly, Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say, Josh, what does your backlog look like? What is the pile of, of unbuilt kits?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's extensive. Um I've got a wide variety of different AOS. Kits or models that I've assembled but may not have painted. And a lot of 40K stuff that's in various stages. And, uh, and terrain boxes, too, like the Kill Team box. And I got an extra one with the terrains not assembled. A lot of Necromunda boards and other stuff I haven't put together or painted. So I've got a lot of different things at different stages. And I'm currently working on some metal racks with rollers on them to kind of put my finished terrain on one, my finished models and other things on one. Ooh, to kind nice. of organize that a little. Yeah. Can I I share a
2: a fantasy with you guys that I have? Oh, yeah, (laughs) sure. I want to one day own either. It's if it's if it's a miniature, it's either painted and done or it's a bit. Mm. And there's nothing like or it's like it's currently on the painting table. Like I just have no I do not have a backlog. Um, You know, I'm I'm very far from that. But that would be really cool. (laughs) It'd be cool. I do I don't know if
0: I have that fantasy because I, I, I do collect ideas and and sometimes you, I don't know, some things you never know what you're gonna uh, do with it and so I sometimes the kits themselves to me are just bits. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't sure. I don't, like I don't know if I'm ever gonna build Kyric Acolytes, but I have a box of them. Uh, they're gonna become something someday. Um, <laughs> now that said, um, I have one shelf. Well, I don't, I take that back. I don't, I don't know if I can quantify what I have because I have a number of like half boxes. You know how some of the, the boxes are, you know, you pull the top off and it's still a a box that you can put stuff in. Yeah. Uh, I have a number of those that are like full of sprues that haven't been clipped, haven't been, uh, you know, put together. Um, I've got a ton of, uh, space orc and, uh, um, AOS orcs, uh, in a box. And then I have. I talked about those Tupperwares where I have five, I think I have five little sandwich Tupperwares that are kind of someday like little, little projects that I've started. And I'm like, I don't have enough to do it yet, but I'm not going to work on it right now. Um, and then I have, I don't know, 20, 15 to 20, like organizers with bits. Um, and I did go through the process of recently, um, kind of again, cleaning everything out making sure i could fit these in as few of uh shelves as possible kind of condensing all that kind of stuff um and recently i think i I, a while ago i did some some purging of it uh, where i was like i'm probably not going to do anything with this so i had some stuff like the orc stuff had were stuff that was given uh to me so i gave some of that away um uh, and whatnot uh is that something that you guys have ever thought of doing uh, in terms of your backlog of selling stuff or just getting rid of it uh, so that you don't have it at all? I mean, Pavin, you, you shoved it away in a dark hole uh, so that your brain <laughs> would never think about it. Um, uh, h- how have you approached that in the past or how would you ideally approach that or
1: give advice for approaching it? I'll let Pavin tackle it first.
2: Yeah, I thought about all of those things, especially on projects that I don't think I'd ever get to. Um, I don't. Th- I haven't sold anything. Uh, I have donated some some stuff when there was the opportunity to donate uh, after the California wildfires. Um, I, I I shipped about a, st- a lot of stuff out that way. Nice. Um, so that 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 felt like a really good way to get rid of um to get get rid of uh to uh, have somebody you know use my plastic <laughs> in a way somebody that I was you know <laughs> go into a, go into a better home. Definitely. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah and uh, I, I, over the last year, I've managed to either you know, sell or trade some stuff in for credit at Noble Knight, you know, to kind of reduce my backlog a little bit for things that I'd had that I just was never going to get to. But I also have a bunch of models from games that no longer exist, like Confrontation or Clan War, where I really love the models. And so I still have a lot of those, and there's, they're unassembled. Some are assembled in primed, but I've got them in cases, kind of stored away you know, sometimes I can use them for a different game system or role playing games or something, but got a lot of those that, you know, not really sure what to do with. So I just kind of keep it packaged up until something comes up someday. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, um, I definitely like, uh, I've done trades. Like if I've got a box of something and somebody that I don't need and I got it somehow, like I really, I rarely buy stuff on impulse. Um, other than like, if I have just a, a, concept an army concept idea I'll start collecting some stuff um but I really, there's once in a while where I'm at the store and I'm like I just need to get something I need uh, the what is that called the, sh- the shopping the therapy itch. or uh,
1: <laughs>
0: whatever it is but um it mostly I mostly I buy for a purpose but once in a while I have a kit that I've come across or I've uh, got for a deal or or uh, whatever and and it's nice to to trade um But, but once in a while I'll, yeah, I'll sell off some stuff and see if they're, especially if they're new in box and whatever, um, I'll get rid of them once in a while. I've been able to trade stuff. Um, now the thing, um, thing I love to do is, um, when I am done with this, with a sprue or building something, I love taking the bits and organizing those. Um, do you guys, uh, Josh, do you do any organization of your bits or do you just have kind of like a box of bits or what do you do for bits?
1: Yeah, typically I just put the screw back in the box with the instructions in case I need to know exactly where it came from and kind of stored that. However, with my, my Cahadron overlords, I have started, like I got a organizational box and I have started clipping those off and, and sorting them in a bits box, but it's the first time I've done that. So, and I haven't finished it yet.
2: Still working on that.
0: But. Nice. Pavin, do you have any bits collecting uh, or storage? Uh,
2: so yeah. yeah, I do have a... Somewhat uh, the organizational system for bits it's not I haven't gone through everything but new stuff I buy I definitely try to like get it into a realm of type of bit so I kind of have a destruction bits pile and I have like an Eldar plus elves bits pile, because I want like thematically similar things to be together. Yep. Um, uh, like it would be hard to make like an iron jaw weapon work with the, with the craft world Eldar. Like in, yeah, it, it, usually those bits are not very, and I wouldn't say incompatible, but, um, like rarely do I need to make those changes. Um, yep. so that's, it, it's loose. I mean, it would be a super fun project to like bit, a, bit of ties, like <laughs> a section of my collection. Um, nice. but I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Totally I, uh, know it. <laughs> I, uh,
0: yeah, I got those I've got a number of of these like eleven inch by six inch organizational things that are, are from Home Depot that are like for screws and whatnot. Um they have little dividers and, and such and I most often will most of them are like there's a Stormcast one, there's an Orcs one, there's a Orux one. So there's, you know, the two different, um, types. Um, but there's a few that are more about my army theme. So I've got a, my cog fort, uh, one, so it might combine stuff from, uh, the empire and it might combine stuff from, uh, the Skitari, um, or, you know, Mechanicus. So I might collect them together because they're part of a project rather than part of the source. Sure, um, yeah. same with, uh, well, it's interesting for my ogre. I've got an ogre box but then i have a bug claw box so both of those there's enough stuff that is like tyranid focused or ogre focused those are separate um but the you know they kind of overlap um so some stuff stays separate some stuff comes together the drawn drones another one where you know the the different eldar stuff or whatever things uh kind of come together to make that work um but i've got like i said yeah i've got about 15 of those and and i whenever i'm done working on a project um especially again w- maybe when I, I was not trying to clean things up at some point you've got all these bits and you got all these things just strewn across and then you go and pick and you got to like separate them all out on your table and then get your bin out and put them away um it's satisfying but it can be time consuming if you're if you're not too uh judicious with how you pull all that stuff out um, trying to find the right bit. Sometimes I, there's times where I can have five or six of those out, like sh- all over my table. Like, Oh, is it here? Is it there? Is it wherever? Um, but it's, it's nice to have them when I need them. Uh, uh and I, <laughs> I will say like, I can't, I can't let things stay on my floor too long. Uh, one thing my wife generally, uh, stays out of the room in terms of like, lets it be messy. Uh, but once in a while she comes in here with uh, the vacuum and I have to make sure I have everything picked up off the floor.
1: Oh, no. Otherwise uh, yeah.
0: I'm sure I've, I've lost, you know, <laughs> tens of dollars worth of uh, bits uh, to the vacuum. Um, but we'll, so I got, I got to keep it clean a little bit. Um, um, but uh, talking about uh, kind of supply um, now would also be a good time to kind of restock on the things that uh, you use all the time um so josh uh what are some things that maybe this past week you've restocked up on or you're thinking that you need to get uh make sure you got enough of
1: yeah Uh, so uh uh, my stepson and i have looked through our paints to see if there's anything we needed right away but uh, i picked up some quarter inch mdf board today to make some more Warcry boards and uh you know super glue plastic glue are always you know things that we're going to need as we're putting kits together and, and and Working on stuff, so those are the kind of the things I thought about primarily.
0: Nice, yeah. Glue. I mean, there's so many different things that we glue. Um, it's a pretty important um, piece. Um, yeah, I think for me, the same things like uh, I feel like I dull razor blades uh, pretty quick. Um, you know, so having you know those tools uh, at the ready. Um, you know, I've been thinking like, do I need? I do have a backlog, obviously. Um, so, uh, for the most part, there are projects uh, to work on, but do I need, you know, a specific kit for a project, uh, that I want to try and complete, um, et cetera. So, so I've been thinking a little bit about that Pavin, are there any, um, you know, paints or, or brushes, um, that you've been wanting to stock up on?
2: So, yeah, the uh, paint paints and brushes I want to stock up on. Yeah, I'm always, I'm, I think it's something I'm always trying to improve, kind of like what tools I have access for. Because I am trying to improve myself as a as a hobbyist. And I think one of the ways you can improve is just getting access to better tools and techniques. Um, and, when I, you know, we mentioned earlier when you're feeling that kind of itch to buy something in the store, whether it's to support the store or you just want to come home with something. Um, I, have usually like scratch that is by like expanding something I need hobby wise. Um, so I recently bought, recently bought some varnishes cause I want to, um, you know, use those to get like more dull, uh, like gloss or matte effects on my miniatures. It's not something I've explored. Um, nice. I am looking specifically at expanding into a range of contrast because I really want to play around with those. And, um, cause I really want to paint more stuff and get more stuff done. And that seems like a good way to speed some things up. Oh, but yeah. I
0: haven't done it yet. Nice, yeah. Contrast is a fantastic kind of uh, you know thing to think about. Um, uh, I've got a couple of brushes that my my mother in law is a folk artist, and so she's got a you know a line in on uh, some uh, of the the Windsor Newtons and a, and a mm-hmm. Habco brush that I like to use. So I need to. I've got a little bit of a line there that I don't need to to rush out for. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm always. Making sure I've got my my top number of paints. Do you guys have any must-have uh, you know, paint pots? Um, uh, like I've got like, Rackarth Flesh. i got to make sure I have Thunderhawk Blue. i got to make sure I have um, Averlin Sunset. Um, uh, and uh, I believe, I'm trying to think of what that brown is. Uh, but there's a couple of those. that I'm like, I have to have these. No matter what I paint, those come out. Uh, you got anything like that?
1: Yeah, I don't. I've got I've uh, got, you know, craft paints, you know, the big bottle ones you get at the craft stores. I use a lot mostly for terrain. Yeah. But uh but I've got a lot of Vallejo and I've got Citadel and, and uh some Green Stuff World and some other things. It all depends on which project. So kind of trying to figure out which paints for which projects and I kind of make up a recipe sheet that way. When I when I go back to those armies, I was like, "Okay, these are the paints I need. I get it all out and then I'm set to go." That, that kind of helps with that aspect but yeah there isn't any set that i use all the time um but, you know some of the washes like you know some of the brown and black washes i'll use fairly often but i wouldn't say there's anything i use every, every you know often enough where i need to think i
2: have it
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: super uh, super fun question eric on yeah. chocolate as well all right go to paints are uh corn red for a nice dark red that uh, doesn't like overpower things. I like Xandru uh, dust for that, that kind of bone color. Mm-hmm. And my last color I really like is uh, I think camo green, which is an olive green. I think it's like good on a lot of stuff. Uh, nice. Then I think I probably couldn't do without like a, the, like kind of the basic GW washes like null oil and agrax or shade. I use for a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. No, those are great. Um,
0: I think it's important if you've got these, uh, you know, if you've got a couple of those, um, you know, the other thing too is like, I'm obviously, uh, we're not going to be out to the store for a while. I'm trying to find, uh, you know, something to pick up, uh, get a last purchase in for, for our local guy make sure that, uh, uh, they've got, you know, a little bit of extra coming in before we're, we're gone for a while. Um, what about, uh, let's move over to, uh, your current projects, um, now we've had, uh, Adepticon was canceled. We talked about that. The three of us had some, you know, we're working on some, uh, rules projects for that, uh, getting that wrapped up. Um, we've got, you know, uh, Josh, you talked about some of the models you've been 3d printing, et cetera. Uh, what are some advice you have on kind of working on the current projects when you don't have that event going on? Uh, Josh, you've made some really good progress. What are some things you've been thinking about? Uh, with events canceled and having uh you know projects part way done
1: yeah so you know obviously uh the the events were were the priority over the last uh, couple months that and the circle of paint challenge have been taking up most of my time and uh so you know obviously our, our adept event was canceled so i had the models ready and I haven't finished painting the particular models we were going to use because I, I think I have plenty of time, and, and we figured out a color scheme that would work well, which should be pretty fast. But uh, but some of the things I was working on for the other event I was helping run, um, I had to mentally I had to finish those up and then pass them off so that I could unburden myself and turn and focus on my circle paint challenge. So that was definitely something I felt like I had to do to mentally reprioritize. Okay that I got that done my obligation is finished now I can move on to this personal project again and work on my terrain and then you know at the same time I'm still thinking about okay well what other aspects can I add to this terrain element what other war bands am I interested in maybe putting together for a painting competition you know so am still thinking about those kinds of things but they're all tend to be more you know one to two months kind of time range that I'm thinking about i are not really thinking about what do I need for my K- KO AOS army in six months? Or, you know, there's the armies on parade in October, November. I'm not worried about that at this moment. I've got, I've got more immediate concerns that I'm kind of focused on. So,
0: yeah. So, if without, you know, that event coming up, um, have you, uh, how have you motivated yourself to kind of keep going on some of that stuff? Uh, Paven, do you have any kind of projects that, uh, you know, without AdeptCon or without a, an event. Um, do you have other ways of motivating yourself to, to get something done?
2: Yeah. I just use the hype on like the next cool thing coming out um, to keep myself motivated painting. Cause I want to, f- cause I don't let myself get by that thing until I've painted the last thing or the last kind of two things. I usually allow myself to go one deep um, so that. Like as long as like I'm excited about the hobby, I usually get pretty excited about painting because I know the only way forward is through uh, mm-hmm. through painting my models, um, but I have certainly have like kind of three projects I'm working on, which is usually more than I'm than I uh, than I have, and I'm so breaking all the rules. Yeah, I'm hoping I can bust through them quickly, and but I I carry around a sense of guilt around uh, with, with, with having that many projects going, so I do <laughs> want to quickly have that off my conscience.
0: Right. Yeah. right, A healthy shame, uh, healthy dose of shame and and guilt can can be a motivator. <laughs> uh, Josh, what are some of? I mean, uh, you know, f- we've got. I think the circle of paint is something that we've given ourselves a deadline that you would think would help us. Uh, obviously, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I th- I think I think there's an aspect of making sure you still enjoy the project that you're working on, um, and that yeah. you know, yeah. uh, if if you're working on something because you feel like you have to that can be really hard. Um, and, and deadlines and have an event can be something that, um, pushes you through some of that. Um, but in lieu of that, either, um, like what you're saying is have some sort of deadline and maybe it's the next release, um, games workshop release, because you might want something there might be the next purchase you want. Um, but it might be, it might be okay. Um, you know, reprioritizing the project you're working on, uh, putting it to the side for just a minute because the, you know, you've been burning the, the, the candle at both ends on it and giving yourself a breather from it. Um, Oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, too. Yeah.
1: And I, I found in terms of, you know, trying to, especially with the events, but sometimes when I've got other things in my life going on and I'm trying to get some hobby stuff done, sometimes I'll kind of print, you know, those free, you know march calendar from the web and then i'll just kind of jot in each square okay put a wash on these models this day Uh, you know this day i'm going to try and do this you know and it kind of gives me something to kind of work towards you know even if i don't have a specific deadline but sometimes i just need to visually see it so i can go yeah i'm going to try and get that done today even with all this other stuff going on so
0: so are either of you checklist oriented where you want to say hey i did i did base i did uh wash i did you know that sort of thing uh either of you use that as motivation checking off a list
1: uh, kind of sorta i mean it's more of a tackling you know i've got these different projects in mind you know for example for adepticon event planning i was like okay i've got to print these models i've got to work on this color scheme i also have to finish gouging this mountain terrain and then base coat it and you know so i had a bunch of different things for different projects and so i was trying to break that up into smaller pieces so it wasn't too overwhelming yeah so i'd kind of spread that out over a day so kind of like a checklist it's not like i'm going to tackle this and this today i am tackle this and this tomorrow but not not as uh linear as you're suggesting i guess
0: okay cool um how about you paven are you uh, giddy uh, cuckoo for checklists
2: uh, no, checking things off a checklist doesn't really do too much for me. Um, I'm, I'm baseline a very, uh, I think my personality is pretty disorganized. And so any kind of organization is learned the hard way at some point. Um, <laughs> I do like getting things done to just have them be over. Um, so I don't have to do them anymore. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's what motivates me. Yeah. So you know, it might be uh,
0: what might be really good right now is um, yeah to cleanse the or to to accelerate to to push through what you have right on your table um, and uh, you know and get it done so that you can maybe start fresh, have a clean uh, desk, uh, clean slate, and then kind of get to pick something that you're that you're enjoying. Um, anything more to say about your current projects and and how do you kind of uh, shift focus to get them done uh, before we move on to new projects?
2: Oh, I think I'm good. Uh, in, in my book, you're not allowed to move on to new projects. You to <laughs> project.
0: What if you categorize the current project as the next project so that you move one of the new <laughs> ones to the, I don't know. I feel like you. I, I feel like you do enough uh, justification there, Paven, uh, uh, to warrant a loophole in that uh, system. Um,
2: like if, but, I, like if your podcast is, uh, peer pressuring you to get a project done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes.
0: Exactly. Um, so let's talk about new projects. And as I mentioned, sometimes you got to follow your heart. Um, uh, and so, um, uh, what are some ways uh, that you guys generate when you're ready to kind of do something new, what are, what's the starting point for that? Uh, uh, you know, is it always, um, you know, what models are being released? Um, what are some things that you do to kind of think about, well, what is going to be your next project?
2: Um, good question. Often I will be, it, it comes from a few places. Well, yeah, you mentioned new models being released and I do, really enjoy getting on the hype train and getting super excited about a new IP or a new model range or just kind of a new vision for existing models. Like I'm very excited about Lizardmen at the moment or, or Seraphon at the moment. And they don't really, they have the new train piece, but otherwise uh, it's the same range, but just kind of having the new narrative focused on them and kind of the buzz is like, got me excited about that old collection. So I do follow that a bit. Um, But otherwise, it's often like, what can I use next? Like, what is going to be like, what am I going to bring to, I don't know, uh, some sort of league? I don't play a lot of games, but I do play some. And that's like a very kind of satisfying thing to like work towards. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm putting forth this effort and then I'm going to be able to reap this reward. And I find, you know, playing with all painted stuff kind of my jam, Um So whatever, like, so like if we if like a new uh, Warcry League is coming up, like I really want to like finish a a warband so I can play with it completely painted. And I'm like, ah, excellent. And then I, you know, (laughs) I have a very quiet uh, enjoyed enjoyed moment to myself, and then you know, go move on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Josh? What what are some of the ways that you go about kind of choosing a next project?
1: Yeah, uh, like David said, it comes from a Quite a few different sources. Sometimes it's you know like I do play dust with some other friends in the area, and sometimes if things come up and they need help with something, it's like okay, I'll help them with this particular project. Or sometimes uh, you know my daughter, for example, has she's part of 4-H, and, and she will put together uh, entries, craft projects to submit to the state fair and the, the county fair. And so often I'll kind of help guide her in a particular project. So they're not always model-related. Sometimes it's leather crafting, jewelry making, models, terrain building. And um, so it, sometimes it's just based on helping someone else that I'm associated with or as part of my family. And other times it's new models that come out or narrative leaks. It's the story that really drives me in a lot of the aspects in terms of like, oh, this this would be a really cool board. I've got ideas. I want to make this or it could be like, oh, what if this warband had this narrative background? Oh, I really want to put that together, you know. And so some of that kind of drives what models I'll put together and, and what books I pick up to read the lore to get ideas for future projects. So, but yeah. I spend a lot of time kind of reading narratives or browsing images and artwork on the web to kind of get ideas on color schemes and tone and things like that. So,
0: Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of your projects get instigated by – uh, somebody else going, hey, we, we should run an event uh, or do a campaign, and you're like, uh, st- you know, revving the engines and starting up the, you know, the saw, uh, you know, or the, the 3D printer. And you say, I'm ge- I'm, I'm going to go look for something to print. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, mine uh, tend to be, you know, there might be again, there might be a model or or a kit that. Uh, I, you know, want to put together for something, you know, a, a new war band and, you know, I pick up a couple of boxes for something. Um, usually for me, it's some sort of inspiration of, I want to build this army. You know, I want to mash these two armies together to make a new army. Um, and, and then I can't do anything but that. Um, and so sometimes I avoid that. Like I avoid <laughs> avoid thinking about uh, new armies or new ideas <laughs> because I Sucked I'll obsess in. yeah I'll <laughs> obsess about it I won't yeah. I won't be able to stop like looking at models online and comparing them and, and trying to you know I Google uh, you know this size versus that size I want to see the two models next to each other will they work won't they work et cetera um, and then it it becomes yeah it just kind of becomes. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where then the army becomes something that's mine, like in the idea phase, it becomes something that's mine. Uh, and you know, the story starts, uh, coming out the, um, you know, the, I start with heroes, like what are the cool heroes that I get to, to shape them, the army around, um, and all that kind of stuff. So then I get into, you know, then I get into, uh, writing things and comparing things and, uh, doing Photoshop mockups and, Buying kits and destroying kits and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, Cutting up the
1: kids, so.
0: so it it, it often it, for me a new project is is a new idea that uh, and and similarly sometimes I get kicked off a project by running into a barrier. So um, sometimes it's I'm on a project and it just I hit a brick wall with it. Um, and again, sometimes it's better for me to not force it and let it let my brain come back to it later and fall in love with it again. So, um, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, Pavin you talked uh, another, another goal with the new project, uh, getting everything, you know, getting everything painted. I've been loving war bands for that reason, like being able to create small little, you know, pocket armies, uh, that you could put a new narrative to, um and, and War Cry has been fantastic for that. Um and yeah. so um uh yeah, I can't can't even believe how much I, I love that and Necromunda has some of that as well. Um but um um you know, I have I had an idea when Warcry first came out, uh, before I knew how many other war bands were gonna come out of painting the original eight. Um obviously the scion's not out yet, but so the original seven. Um uh, uh, so that was an idea that I had that'd be kind of cool to take on during this time, get the other war bands and get the, the chaos war bands and, and paint those up. Um, any other kind of new projects, um, has, have popped out Pavin, you mentioned, uh, your, your old Seraphon, um, any other terrain, uh, uh projects you guys have on the docket or, or inspiration for, uh, something new. A new project to start on, or during this time where we're isolated.
1: Definitely, um, uh, you know. So some of the things for Warcry, I I still need to finish up the kind of washes and highlighting on my starter terrain, and I, I picked up a few of the other box sets um, there. So you know, additional to to build taller Warcry terrain, I need to assemble and paint that. And then we also got the the graveyard set. And uh, I'd really like to get the chaos piece painted up and some of those challenge battle scenery elements and war bands. And, you know, there's there's a lot of really good options. <laughs> so it's more, more tackling the immediate, um, you know, uh, circle paint challenge and then uh, using that to kind of drive my enthusiasm into putting together some of these other challenge battles and, and war bands to, to play on that new terrain, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of projects I have rolling around in my head that I'm that I'd be excited about pursuing. Um, I would love to. I want to see the the new Lizardman Ziggurat in person to see how how that looks and how it can be incorporated into a Warcry table because I think it's cool and tall and you could kick mm-hmm. people off it and that'd be really fun. <laughs> um, King of the Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I have a. Um, I can't. There's, I gotta figure out how to get, put a chaos warband together at some point. Um, that's <laughs>
1: pretty,
2: I, yeah. I, I don't quite have the hobby vision yet, but I do want to, and I want to play around is with in some um, with with those guys and the, all the cool monsters they have access to. Um, Josh mentioned the challenge battles. I would love to pick up that set of Age of Sigmar objectives, which yeah. is kind of where a lot of the Trial of Champions challenge battles uh, kind of incorporate into, and I would love to be able to set those up and play with them. Um, so that's that's a very uh, bite-sized project that could be taken on. Um, Sylvaness, I like a lot. I, I have a, I eventually have a some sort of hobby project with them. I think it, eventually, uh, the new. I, I'm jam. I'm very excited about all of the new. Luma, uh, Lumineth Realm Lords, is that right? Yeah, yep. Lumineth yep. Realm Lord. Very excited. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, I'm waiting to see more. I don't know if they're going to have a Warcry support right away. Probably not, but um, that would be a, a really a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, other projects that th- see. This is why I have to be disciplined because I always have like about a dozen projects I want to do at any moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what was it? What was the other? What was the other thing? Um, Cities of Sigmar I didn't mention, um, but also, oh yeah, uh, there's a couple new, new, really cool uh, Underworld warbands that are coming out. Um, definitely, I'm definitely going to pick up the Iron Jaws, no, uh, so hopefully I'm ready for them when they come out, uh, because I do have a large Iron Jaws army, and those minis are dope, and there's just three of them, and I really want to paint them up um, yeah. for both Warcry and Age of Sigmar and Underworlds. Yeah, Yeah. But the... Three uh, for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's the brand synergy Games workshop going. Uh but also I wanna say that the new Daughters of Cain Warband has the best Daughters of Cain sculpts in the range coming out for Underworld. Oh yeah. Um uh maybe Marathi uh uh with, withstanding or whatever 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 it means to say that Marathi might be also very uh better, uh just because of like how impressive that model is. But like these sculpts are like the I don't know the six of them are like the best example of their type. Like they're so dynamic, they're so fun. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really, uh, home run on on that war band. So that might push me forward to like try to start a daughters of Cain war band. Yes. Uh, nice. Yeah,
1: no, they look they do look awesome. agree uh,
2: uh, So like yeah. I'm out of breath now.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've read a I've read a few books lately too. It has some really neat themes that you know again like oh maybe i can make a really scary twisted war warband or you know so you know again some of the things you read kind of inspire different ideas and i'm trying to have the same discipline you do Paven and not take on too much at once
0: <laughs> yeah i think but i like- um I uh, just recently, yeah, one of the things that kind of like, you know, the thorn in my side that I had to get was the halflings from the Blood Bowl team to turn into Knoblars for my, uh, my uh, ogre Warcry Warband or my second one. Um, and so that's one where I've, I've got that box waiting. I've kind of, I always open it up and I always compare some bits and put a few things together. I'm like, okay, will this work? Um, and, you know, kind of confirmed that. So now it's put away for when I'm ready to work on it. And so that'll probably be uh, the next thing, although I'm waiting on the right bases for it. So it's always like one of those things where I'm like, all right, I can't get the bases for it that I want for it just yet. So once I, I'll put it away. Once I get those, then it'll come back out. Um, I've, uh, (coughs) excuse me. In December, I was, uh, ready to work on. I'd kind of, I hadn't figured out, uh, the ironclad for my, my Drukhari drawn army. Uh, and I finally figured out what pieces I was going to put together. So I was super, I got amped up. I got, you know, tunnel vision. So I went and I ordered the things that I needed and then I waited because it wasn't, uh, coming yet. We had some, uh, trade issues with, uh, China and the U S or whatnot. And, and so like it just stalled. And so I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I could take this, uh, sector mechanicus stuff and turn that. So I ended up building this like sidetracked because I hit a wall into this whole ogre uh army um or ogre uh let you know blah blah blah. Um and uh so I've finally got all that stuff in so I have all the pieces that I think I need, all the materials, the expanded uh, polystyrene that I need, um the wires, the tubing, etc. Um, the plastic card to create my new ironclad. And so that's a project that's kind of, I've, I've had in its boxes. I've had it for about a month. I've had all the pieces and I'm like, just waiting to finish up. Maybe, maybe it's Paven's influenced me. Um, but I'm waiting to finish up a few of these odds and end, uh, word bands so that I can pull that out and start really digging into it and like immersing myself in it. Um, so I definitely have a really tasty project that I'm, uh, that I'm ready to get into, uh, unfortunately, like I said, I, I've got to have got to kind of collect bits from different sources and get it all ready and before I can dig into it. So, um, although there's there's a lot of satisfaction in kind of the um, getting the pieces and the buying of it and the, and the kind of putting, I guess finding the right things and, and gathering it all in one place and then being able to work on it. Uh, I really enjoy that. Um, uh, the last thing is that uh, for our league painting competition which we're going to still try and do um uh even though we won't be doing kind of the final few weeks of our league uh is a warband so i've got a warband painted but one is a a single miniature uh and i would really like to get either the spharynx or the fulmeroid um or the cygor uh, because my my untamed beasts have have beaten that in the challenge battle uh so i think it would be Fun to go and paint one up and, and make it a part of the army and use it in a game.
1: I've got the uh, sphere ink, so maybe you get one of the other two that you thought about.
0: Because uh, you don't want me to beat you head to head on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just kidding, uh, but I get it. Uh, that model could probably be uh, could win on its on its own uh, with how cool <laughs> it is. So, uh, but I got my eye more on the on the big brutes uh, at the moment. Uh, so the Fomeroid or the Saigor. Um, but I think I would love to pick up one of those as kind of a something in the box, a palate cleanser or, uh, you know, something to get to, uh, when I get stuck on something else, but, um, yeah, um, anything else, uh, any other inspiration for new projects or, or helping our listeners, uh, think about ways to, to get something going.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that covers most of it. Uh, you know, again, you know, the time where you're uh, potentially spending a lot more time with your family, uh, it could be a good time to introduce family members to aspects of your hobby or help them with a creative project that, that uses some of the skills that you've developed and teach them. You know, so definitely a good, good chance to do that.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, you've
1: got a captive
0: audience. Um, Maybe get the the significant other into uh, a game or two, um, you know, trade off for uh, things that they want uh, done around the house, et cetera. There's a lot, a lot of that to do. Um, i you know, getting the kids into it, getting them painted, getting them gaming, um, all that kind of stuff. That's a that's a project, um, and sometimes you need to take the long game with that, right? Yeah, uh, you don't want to rush into it. Uh, Maybe ease into it with your, your tray out by the, um, uh, by the TV when you're watching stuff together and then, yeah, you know, get some building on the table and then maybe you just get a display piece on the mantle. Um, (laughs) Lots of things to, to, to work up to. Um, uh, Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Hopefully we're providing some inspiration, some ideas uh, for more time spent at home. Uh, and different ways to hobby when you can't get out gaming. Um, or if you want to you spend a lot of time with family, you want to get them gaming with you. Or you've just got more time and you, you're not sure what you're going to do with yourself. Um, so let's talk about developing new skills. Um, we always uh, see um, people who are better at painting than us. We see people that are better at gaming than us. We see people that are better human beings than us. Um Whoa. So... <laughs> At this time, let's think about some new skills we can, de- can develop. Um, first of all, obviously, we've got to develop some patience um, and uh, some some mental fortitude. Uh, those are, should be some good things. We've talked about maybe some. it'd be good to get some more organization. Um, what are uh, some skills? Think about some skills that you guys want uh, to develop maybe in this time or have always wanted to. And maybe this is the time to do it. Um, Pave into is there anything that you're uh, kind of uh, – is there a specific technique or tool set or anything like that that you think would be uh, – now would be a good time to jump into it?
2: Um, per- personally, for myself – Uh, so something I think about, maybe I'm starting to think about more when I start a new project or pick my next project is like, what kind of experience do I want to have on it? Like, what do I want? Do I like, what do I want to learn? Which I think is related to the question you're asking at least, at least, um, like, do I want to try something I've never done before? And I know that's going to take me way longer and I might not get as good results. Or do I want to do something I know I know how to do and I know like all oh, the colors are already picked out for me and I can knock it out quickly and get like a lot of stuff done. But maybe I don't learn as much. Maybe I don't progress as a hobbyist. Um, so that's something I want to try to be more intentional about in the future. Like, you know, it, not only chart on like what I want to what what model do I want to have painted at the end, uh, but like what kind of experience do I want to have painting uh, said model? Yeah. Um, no, I do something similar with when I do something similar when
0: I start a new army, I'm, I'm often looking for what is something I could do here that I haven't done in another army, whether that be more sculpting or, um, you know, a certain type of, of technique, like more, um, I remember when I did my, started my death army, I wanted to do more wet blending. So that just became something I did throughout the army more. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a good tip. Do you have more to add to that?
2: uh only to answer your question more directly i think is as far as the skill i am the most excited about learning or where i want to push my uh, hobby horizon just inching it forward as i do want to get more into contrast and i think i mentioned that before and work with that type of paint and those kind of skills relating to it like uh thinking about undercoats and 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 how we prime and how to get the most out of that medium
0: very cool and have you uh um, you got a game plan with that. Do you have a, a, a YouTube channel or, uh, um, any tutorials that you're kind of leaning on for that?
2: I feel like I've consumed a lot of contrast related content since it's been released and I just okay. like, Oh cool. And then I, you know, I just don't buy the paints cause, uh, I don't know. I already have recipes for a lot of my miniatures and they're expensive. Yep. Um, But I want to, yeah, start, I want to like save up my pennies and invest in like a good solid base of, of, of like a a good variety I can use to try and like the medium and um, like the primer they recommend and kind of have all those things to kind of play around with.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, Josh, are there any um, skills or abilities that you're hoping to uh, gain or you've thought about wanting to gain and, and now could be a good time for that?
1: Definitely. Um, so I, I've used my airbrush a little bit for you know uh, some kind of large model work, a little bit of terrain, but but nothing very fancy. So with the you know the warcry train I'm working on, I'm trying to use it for priming as well, which I hadn't done before, and um, and hoping to use it to kind of add some other colors a little more quickly in some of the larger models. So I'm hoping to experiment with that a bit more. And for Adepticon, I had signed up for a whole bunch of painting classes on making, you know, real metallic metallics and, you know, for better shading and highlighting of metals and some airbrushing classes, you know, so I was kind of disappointed not to have those opportunities. So I do think um, I do have some Patreon accounts to some painters out there like Bohan, who are, you know, who do put out some guides and I'm hoping to kind of pick some of those up and kind of, uh, you know, I've read through a bunch of them, but I haven't really been able to apply it yet. So I'm hoping to be able to do that with some projects coming up as well as uh, try out some of these uh, water mixable oils paints that I have for terrain, which is supposed okay. to be kind of nice for – I haven't had a chance to try them out yet, but I've got some that I think would add some really cool effects for some terrain pieces. So those are some of the immediate projects I think I'd really like to start on.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, airbrush is something where I've had an airbrush for a few years, have mostly used it for some base coating, Um somewhat just because I haven't collected a lot, almost similar to like the contrast where I haven't collected a lot of air based airbrush paints. Um, and so even when I try and thin stuff, I tend to not thin it enough and and clog it up. And I've, you know, I need to get myself to a point where I'm, I set myself up for success, I think. Um, and having some, some more supplies or tools. So that could be a good thing that I, uh, to do is make sure I got the right, um, you know, um, thinner or, um, what's the other one? Uh, flow aid type of stuff and, Mm -hmm. uh, cleaner and, and just make sure I have all the tools that I need to, to, I guess be more successful. Um, the true metallic metallics is also one where I I like, I love, uh, some of the, the Vallejo metal air, uh, paints. I've talked about them, but I hate like, and they, they go down great. I just don't feel like I know how to bring life to the, to the metal. Um, and so I think, you know, getting some, maybe some, going down that rabbit hole would be good um, to spend some time doing that to make the metals pop a little bit more and kind of feel a little bit more realistic, I guess. Um, uh, I think there is, I don't know, uh, sculpting, uh, learning how to sculpt with green stuff uh, and having the patience of green stuff. Um, it's one of those additive uh, art forms that you know you, you create a base layer you let it uh cure and then you add on some more and that takes a lot of patience um so right. if that's that's a skill you're looking for this could be a great time to uh you know grab a load of of green stuff and some um uh, aluminum wire and and for armatures and start sculpting some minis or or um you know that sort of thing um i'm i'm pumped i did uh, get to do a couple of uh i picked up a few contrast paints for my uh bright flare army uh and it's been fun kind of doing i think i did all contrast with them um so picked up four or five of them and had them you know got to apply them uh in a few different ways and um i'm excited for you to to see what you do with that and then yeah i'm trying to think uh there's i have a display board that that I've wanted to do for my drone for a couple of years since I had the initial idea and I've just been constantly um, intimidated by it. Um, it's a huge project. It has some foam carving um, and uh, I probably need to just sit down with it and figure out what do I want to do? What techniques am I going to use and then start learning what I need to learn uh, to, to get that complete for either Adepticon 2021 or, you know, something in between. Um, and I guess that would be, a, you know, uh, also a good new project is what do you want to do for, for Adepticon next year? Get started now. Um, but, uh, yeah, if there's any new skills, display boards a fantastic kind of project to learn new skills and terrain and painting, etc. Um Anything else or any, any, um, as opposed to techniques, are there any, um, sources that you've been meaning to, to take a look at, um, and, and glean and figure out maybe something that would inspire you to pick up a new technique?
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, it's, it's almost overwhelming in some cases. I mean, there's a lot of Patreon accounts where people have guides and tutorials on YouTube. Um, a lot of really neat YouTube videos for terrain and modeling and painting. And uh, Instagram and, and even Twitter. You see a lot of people presenting excellent work and they'll share how they kind of did some stuff. So uh, I kind of get inspiration from all of those places. And I think I just need to, when I find the right project, then that's when I'll kind of start diving into a particular source.
0: Yeah. Duncan Rhodes has uh, started his own, uh, kind of painting channel tutorial, uh, YouTube channel. So that could be a great one to, uh, kind of jump in, um, over this time. Um, uh, Darren Latham, who's a heavy metal painter, put up some tutorials that I think are only going to be up for a limited amount of time. Um, so if you can go and check those out, um, uh, he's a fantastic, um, high level, like single miniature painter. Um, um, Paven, do any resources or uh, people that inspire you that you'd go back to and, and pick up something that they're doing?
2: Yes. Uh, if we are talking about uh, painting uh, a content we really enjoy, uh, there's somebody I recently started, uh, Dana Howell, uh, yeah. is, is, is a newer kind of uh person on the YouTube scene, and I really have enjoyed it. Her painting tutorials um they're quick and they have like really strong editing and i don't know sometimes i really want the painting content but it's really boring to consume in a lot of cases and this is not the case with her videos um i think they're, they're fun and fast and i have picked up a few things some of it is beyond my expertise to try to incorporate like i just i don't feel like i'm there really to like um to take in like all of it, but it is uh there there is there are some tips that that I have incorporated in my hobby. Specifically, she recently talked about um you do mocking up miniature color schemes and MS paint nice. uh instead of trying to do it on the model. And I have done that a couple times and it's certainly way faster. <laughs> gotcha. Although although one time I did it and then I painted it and I was like, this doesn't look good. And so you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> <That's> Definitely.
0: <fair. laughs> oh, um, Vince Venturella has a load of material on his YouTube channel. Uh, he's one of the hosts of Warhammer weekly. Um, and he does hobby tips or hobby painting tips. Uh, and it's a lot of like things like true metallic metal or undercoating, or I, I think similar to what, Um, you know, you see in other places, but he's just prolific. Um, he is somebody who does work from home. Uh, and I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll have some tips for, for us hobbyists in, uh, painting during our, our web meetings and, uh, you know, that sort of things. Um, uh, but that's kind of cool. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, uh, another new skill that would be cool to pick up, um, could be, uh, photography. Um, taking pictures of your miniatures, taking pictures of your terrain or your board setup. Um, I know that when, you know, we're at the store and that sort of thing, it's easy to just kind of take a snapshot from uh, two feet away and try and encompass like what's going on, but you can't really see. Um, but uh, both, you know, taking pictures of miniatures once they're painted um, and getting down into the terrain and taking, you know, kind of scene shots of uh, miniatures versus miniatures, um, uh, so that you can, uh, you know, post them online or put them in your portfolio or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I know, you know, when we did our, um, circle, our first circle of paint, uh, before it was called circle of paint with the, the Vanguard, you guys came over here and, uh, we took some photos here cause I, I'd, I'd done some of that. Have you guys, um, you know, kind of found any space or, or lighting to, to, to kind of do more of that where you're at?
1: I have not um well last year for the ever chosen painting competition I actually my model was chosen at the Warhammer store, so I actually nice. got this kind of foldable white light box and uh but I really haven't taken the time to figure out how to use it well or you know to take I've done some playing with my phone for adjusting the light you know, you know and, yep. and but other than that yeah I think that's a great idea It's like to spend some more time taking more interesting pictures of our games and models as well as better pictures in general. Yeah. Um,
0: another one is I always see in photography is when you get really cool scenes, almost like the games workshop stuff, but I've seen Tyler Mengel do it. Um, and a few other people do it where, um, you can either print out or use a green screen for the backdrop. Um, uh, so you could print out kind of a large, uh, scenic, uh, you know, either cloudy sky or mountains or whatever, and kind of put it in the background. Uh, and then, um, you know, you put your miniatures in the foreground and make it feel like they're in a a real environment. Um, I've always wanted to do that to just give a more immersive, um, kind of storytelling through the photography. Right. Um, But that has more to do with finding, you know, high resolution photos and, and printing them off and, you know, piecing them together over multiple prints, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, um, any other new skills or, or things that, uh, I, I guess the same, you know, with that too, there's a lot of, if you've ever thought about doing content, creating podcasting, uh, creating video content for YouTube, um, doing, uh, I mean, I feel like TikTok uh, is going to have a huge surge in new accounts and, uh, crazy dances. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that's something to, to kind of jump into if you're interested in, um, I cannot figure out how to share hobby. I I've thought about it for a while, but, uh, not intensely, but how Warhammer, uh, hobby would, would work on TikTok. Um, but, uh, anything else, uh, anything else we can, uh, suggest for our listeners to try something new? Maybe this would be a good time for a question, uh, or, a, uh, have you guys give us feedback? Um, you know what? What new skill are you going to try and pick up um, over the next uh, however many months? Uh, you know, check us out on on Twitter or on the Discord and let us know. Um, anything else uh, uh, in the new skill box you guys want to talk about?
1: No, I think I covered the the ones there, and I guess mainly don't don't be afraid to try. I you know, kind of like Paven said earlier. And uh, even you did, Eric, is is I find it's interesting if you've got a project and you say, you know, this is this is one thing I'm going to try with this project. You know, that's a good way to kind of incorporate that challenge and and roll it into what you're working on. So it doesn't seem so intimidating to learn something new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another thing to think about during this time is and and we try and bring that here. Obviously, the Mortal Realms uh, podcast is big into this part, and that's the narrative. Um, Josh, what are some ways, uh, you think we can explore the narrative, uh, during this time?
1: Um, uh, some of the ways that I really enjoy doing is, you know, the, obviously there's a, a huge range of short stories and books where, um, you know, people have, you know, authors have written about certain factions or different parts of the realms or adventure stories or horror stories. And, and they all have a really interesting elements to, and, and always get my mind racing about, oh, this is kind of a cool idea or this could be a neat faction and you know, and that goes with all the narrative aspects in in the, uh, the battle tomes that we get. So I, I find I draw a lot of interest and inspiration from the pictures and the artwork and, and the, the stories written there myself.
0: Nice. How about you Pavent?
2: Um, So one, uh, so there's, I think there's two kind of ways to tackle like, or to engage with the narrative um, that I think about. One is, like consuming the narrative that is already out there. Um, and that is through like the books that Josh suggested, but it's also like, I don't know. I consume a lot of uh, narrative just by like Googling and like clicking around wiki, Wikipedia entries or uh, like a lexiconum or whatever the age of Sigmar one is. Um, that's just a fun way to get down a bunch of rabbit holes and discover things and like cool tidbits. Um, the second thing is like creating your own narrative. Like I have, ideas like it's never really that fleshed out in my experience like my ideas around my armies but i usually have some like kind of uh, environment i put them in a couple ideas of like why they're fighting or who they're fighting against and um sometimes i will also have like big excel sheets with different like ideas and images and like uh battalions and like uh hero names and stuff and like that that can be a really fun project as well and it also can like creating a narrative can help you generate like the the hobby expression of that narrative kind of on that note um
0: one of the members of our discord who's a a a streams on twitch his name's uh his handle is shadowclaimer i believe also on twitter uh he built up uh you know a kind of a stormcast army that's heavily influenced um, by garan and so he's kind of Uh, Really done a lot of kit bashing. But one of the things he did for narrative is he started his own wiki. um, And that wiki is a place where he can kind of like log those kind of different things, uh, link and and use that kind of the features of a wiki to 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 connect and show how the different things relate. And so can show like, uh, who's in charge and who reports directly to them, et cetera. And that could be a really cool thing to do in this time is to, to get a wiki or, or connect, uh, through something like that as a way of, um, uh, you know, exploring the narrative in your war band. Uh, it might not be where you can go deep, right. With maybe you're not one to write a lot, uh, but maybe you can t- show, kind of how things connect uh, that way. Um, I like to use mind maps sometimes um, to kind of show who's who's here and who's around them and uh, kind of like the the chamber diagrams that they show for the Stormcast where you've got your your uh, hierarchy, etc. That can be a fun thing to, to flesh out. Um, one of the favorite things, so I have done it in the past too where you've got, okay, here, who's in charge and where are they from and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things I tried recently um, or it was I guess it was last year on our uh, the the mortal realmscom blog um, uh, for my own hobby was to write a short story about how two characters met um, and so it was it was really just kind of it was a little more dialogue um, it was a little more um, I guess it felt a little bit more uh, show note not tell you know that the way they tell you to write about like it felt like instead of just saying hey they you know they're on this mountain and this mountain has these things um i just got to describe it a little bit more and the interaction and uh you know have a little bit of a my own kind of reveal to 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 give a more better sense of the of, of the character so Um, Rather than saying, oh, here's my, you know, my leader and he has these characteristics and sometimes he does this and sometimes he does that. I wrote a story about him doing that um, uh, as a way for myself to kind of just get into that a little bit more, embody it a bit more, be more familiar. Um, uh, So that can be, you know, take a step further than just describing, but write a, write a, you know, 500 words uh, interaction kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or like 110, like, uh, <laughs> some of the people in our discord channel, very cool. impressive talent.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we've, you know, I guess we've been trying to do that a little bit. Um, when we do our, um, um, path to glory, um, to be able to kind of, instead of just giving you this, this army did this and won this, uh, you know, uh, talk about, uh, write, do little uh, write-ups about your, your games or uh, things that you've done and uh, give them a little bit of a, of a narrative flair. Um, all right, uh, the last topic uh, we wanted to talk about is, um, uh, silver lining on your hobby uh, during this time uh, has to do with sharing your hobby and uh, sharing it specifically online and connecting uh, with the community. Um, obviously, we talk a lot about our Discord channel and our Discord channel is a great place uh, for a lot of us to to weather the storm, whatever that is, um, and uh, share the stuff we're working on, be inspired by others, talk about the things that we're uh, feeling, talk about the things we're frustrated with, um, and trying to keep, you know, keep give you, help each other have level heads on, uh, about things. Um, so finding a place online, whether that be the TGA community, uh, forums, uh, be it Twitter, be it, uh, someplace on Facebook, uh, that hopefully isn't, uh, you know, inundated with a negativity or anything like that. Um, finding a place online to, to kind of share hobby, et cetera. Um, what are some places, uh, you know, or, or ways that you guys would suggest, um, being able to share hobby online, uh, uh, Josh, what are, what are some things that, uh, you would like to share or have people share?
1: Yeah. So I, I found, uh, sharing on the discord and the hobby channel has been very helpful in kind of getting feedback and, you know, make sure I'm on the right track. And, and sometimes people have some really good input and, um, you know, in terms of the circle of paint challenge, I've, I found it fun to try to have at least a weekly post in Twitter just to, you know, let our listeners know that, yeah, I'm working on this. This is kind of where I'm at. And and again, try and draw feedback or generate ideas. And, and, you know, that sometimes it's good to have people to bounce ideas off of. And the Discord channel helps a lot with that. But I'm starting to use Twitter a little bit more as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Pavin, are there any things that you would uh, kind of advice you'd give for sharing online or or starting to do that if that's not something that somebody already does.
2: Um, yeah, just yeah. I think it, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's good to get that positive reinforcement. Also, you don't necessarily have to share online. A lot of times, I'll just text my good friend and just say like, "Hey, I did this," um, mm-hmm. and then and then I have the picture, and then it's easier to share online as well. Also, uh, just remember to when you see something online, just uh, give give the person a thumbs up or some recognition. Uh, I think no matter like All hobby is good hobby. And, uh, you know, it's – I think it probably means more to the person posting than you, like, remember uh, for your own post. So, you know, always remember to be supportive of your fellow hobbyists. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, With that, uh,
2: we hope that, again, that you're happy, that
0: you're healthy, that you're um, uh, taking care of yourself. Uh, And part of doing that is taking care of uh, the the way you hobby – Um, And we hope that your hobby can be uh, a bright light in this and a a source of positivity um, and uh, uh, kind of give you something to look forward to after the end of a hard day or a crazy day or a little bit of weirdness. Um, uh, With that, we will be here in a couple of weeks with another episode. Uh, Until then, keep hobbying. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themotorealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themotorealms.com forward slash patreon. More content is available at themotorealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry. we gave some false dice, and the go, the war cry.